Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I am excited about this episode because we're going to be talking with Christina Kraus, and we've interviewed her before. It was way back in November from when we're recording this. It's about six, seven months ago, and uh, I'm excited to have her back because a lot of things have happened since uh, we had her on. We were talking about probates before, and we're going to be talking about probates again, and I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. Uh, I want to let you guys know, too, that the show notes for this show and all my other shows are at realestateinvestingmastery.com, realestateinvestingmastery.com. And I want to ask you guys to leave a review. If you like the show, and if you haven't done so before, go to iTunes and leave a review, or go to Stitcher and any other podcast app that lets you leave reviews. I'm not sure if the Google Play Store even does podcasts, and if they do, do they let you leave reviews? But that would be cool, and uh, I'd really appreciate the reviews. Now, if you've left a review before, go ahead and leave another one. (laughs) Maybe they'll let you leave two reviews. I don't know. Uh, Let's just jump right into this. Christina, how are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Excellent. You. Uh, I'm excited about the good weather. We're 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 finally coming out of the uh, yeah uh, the rainy weather that we've been having, and uh, the sun does my soul good. Oh man, we were at the Cardinals game last night, and it was one of the best days for baseball weather I've ever been in. It was just amazing. The uh, oh, I love that. Yeah, it was so cool. And the St. Louis Cardinals are playing the Boston Red Sox. It's kind of close to your neck of the woods, isn't it? Uh, maybe, but I, seriously, I have no clue about this. <laughs> you could say anything you want, and I'll be like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> well, you're, are you still in Delaware? Yep. Okay. That's close enough. It's kind of in that area. I don't even think Delaware doesn't have a team, right? Delaware? Okay. That I'm dumb. <laughs> all right. Not old at all. <laughs> Sorry. I had to get that in there. Because I think I, I did that joke last I time. I think you did that last time. I know. <laughs> you know who first told me that joke was Mike. But, uh. <laughs> I'm shocked you had never heard it before. No, that was the first time. So, uh, last time we were on the podcast, Christina, we were talking about probates. And, uh, we gave people a link to get a free book. And I just want to give people that link right now. It's a book you wrote. Um, if you guys go to realestateinvestingmastery.com slash probates, it's either singular or plural, doesn't matter, realestateinvestingmastery.com slash probates, and uh, get this free book that Christina wrote and talks about how to how to market to probates. And uh, yep. since we did that podcast, Christina, a lot of students have, uh, not a lot, but some have signed up, but a lot of those students are having really great success, aren't they? Can you talk a little bit about what's been going on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's just uh, not just with uh, your students, uh, but just in general, for whatever the reason, uh, there seems to be some momentum around probates. Yeah. Uh, our clients are just, uh, their their uh, calls, their deals are really starting to pick up. Uh, and I think that that is true uh, it, just in general in real estate, right? Yeah. Um, I, I, every time I talk to people, it always seems like things happen to come in waves or there's momentum. 
um, that's built, which is one of the reasons why that networking is so powerful because it's, it allows you to talk to, uh, you know, investors across the nation to see what, for whatever the reason, what happens to be working right now. Uh, and man, probates are crushing it right now. Uh, mm-hmm. for whatever the reason there's, you know, there, we're just, uh, experiencing a wave in it. Uh, and our clients, uh, are just really, really doing well with them. Uh, I think it has to do with the way that we market to the lead. I think it has to do with some tweaks that we make because we pay real close attention to what uh, is working and what's not and 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 making slight adjustments as you go through your mail campaign. Um, but for whatever again, for whatever the reason, probates seem to be doing real well right now. Well, you have some clients that uh, use your services to get probates. Well, first of all, let's talk, let's rewind a little bit, Christina. What is it, what is Postal Impact and what is it that you guys do? All right. So Postal Impact is a company uh, that works specifically with real estate investors to manage their mail marketing campaigns. Uh, And that is a start to finish product. So it's not just talking about the type of lead that you're going to market to, um, but it's following through and seeing that entire lead through, including the mail process, because that's where a lot of people get hung up. Uh, so not only do we uh, gather and provide the lead uh, based on, you know, budget and, you know, your target audience, but we also, uh, you know, handle the entire campaign for you, including uh, having people physically handwriting addresses on envelopes for you, sending them out. So the vast majority of our clients do completely done for you. Uh, and um, uh, never even touch their mail campaigns. We spend a little bit of time with them on the front end of things for planning uh, and approval, template approval, that kind of thing, uh, and then it's completely done for them. So uh, to Postal Impact, uh, our flagship product by far, hands down, what makes us super-duper unique is the probate uh, lead because there's just not uh, – probate leads are very, very difficult to gather. Yeah. Uh, it's different with each courthouse. Uh, uh, so probate is our flagship product. It's, it's what really what drives a lot of our clients to us. Probates specifically, just very briefly in case anybody doesn't know what they are, uh, this is a lead where when someone passes away, and when their assets exceed a certain dollar amount, and that dollar amount is set by each individual county, so it's different for every single county across the United States, not just the state, the county. Once that person's assets exceed a certain dollar amount, uh, the family then or the heir, in order to distribute that asset, has to open a state with the county. So they have to you know, go to the county, they have to uh, declare that this is what they want to do, And then there's a process that has to happen before they can legally liquidate that estate, whether it's real estate, cash, jewels, whatever the asset is. Uh, The purpose of that uh, is, number one, so that there can be some, uh, of course, fees and taxes and things like that imposed on it by the county. Um, But also, and more importantly, I mean, the the real reason for that is that uh, each county has its own rules and regulations surrounding it. But at the end of the day, the family has to uh, publicly advertise the fact that there is uh, an asset to be distributed. Right. Uh, and the p- a purpose of that is so that creditors can make a claim against that estate. So creditors have a certain amount of time to respond to these public notices. If they don't, then the family is released to liquidate the estate. And how long of a, how long of a process, to. how long of a process is that normally when they give the uh, notice? And- I, 
Go ahead. It depends state by state, but I would say it, it usually ends up being a couple of months, like two to three months. Okay. Um, so it's really important to note about probate specifically that, you know, these aren't people that died yesterday and you're, you know, sending off a notice. And, and there are people who do that. Those are, you know, like obituary leads. Uh, the, you know, there's some amount of time that has passed from, uh, from the death of the individual uh, because usually, you know, the person passes away. The family doesn't normally three days later run into, you know, the, the, their courthouse and file a state. They let the dust settle uh, and then they go through that process. So before the estate is opened, there's some amount of time that has passed. Um, and then there's an additional amount of time that will pass between the date that they open the estate and the date that you actually market to that particular lead. Okay. Uh, so by the time you're, they're getting your letter, uh, a, there's some time that has passed, and B, more importantly, the family has done something or the heir has done something to indicate that they are ready to deal with this. So, you know, you're not usually, I can't say that I've never had a phone call like that, but you're not usually dealing with people who are still in the throes of grief. Uh, you know, generally speaking, uh, you st- just like any other marketing, you're going to get some upset phone calls. But sure. generally speaking, these people are kind <clears throat> of in a place where they're ready to get that kind of marketing. And and sometimes, Christina, talk about this. People are afraid sometimes of upsetting uh, people with marketing. Uh, yep. and, and, and let's clarify, like, you're going to upset people no matter what kind of marketing you do to them, right, or you send to them. But talk specifically exactly. about the probates, you know, because people may be worried this is a sensitive time for them. Um, mm-hmm. can, you, can you mention that and talk about it? Yes, absolutely. And it is a sensitive time, and it is a sensitive topic. But I think more often than not, real estate investors make it worse uh, because they over uh, they overinflate it in their minds, uh, and then you know they they try to overcompensate for it when they're marketing to the lead. So you know I've seen a lot of letters. Uh, our clients actually get my letter campaign to use as a benchmark for their marketing, uh, and but I've seen a lot of letters where there is an abundance of sympathy that is expressed in the letter. Uh, that feels disingenuine to me, to be honest with you. And I, and I know that usually the investor is coming from a, a good place and they're trying to, uh, you know, soften the letter. Uh, but what I find works better with probate is just a very direct, uh, you, you certainly reference uh, the, um, you know, the estate, you reference the estate. Uh, but, you, you know, don't get overly sappy and, and sympathetic about it, particularly because you're not, you know, so people are going to read that. Um, you are, again, like you said, Joe, you're going to get angry phone calls. I wouldn't even say that I get angry phone calls any more with probates than I do anything else. Uh, you just have to gut your way through them. Um, I literally just had a client who started a campaign, uh, and said very honestly to me, I I can't do this. You know, she got an angry phone call and she said, "I, I just can't do it. I don't have thick enough skin. And the truth of the matter is it wasn't probate really the truth is she probably shouldn't do much mail marketing period. Uh, Because whether you do high equity, you do delinquent. In fact, I would say, I remember when I was uh, marketing to delinquents, I think I got more angry phone calls with those people than I did with probate. And if there is, yeah, I mean, well, and if you think about it, if somebody's going to think you're being predatory, is that a word predatory? I think so. Yeah. Uh, Somebody's going to think that, (laughs) I would think they would think that more if you're going after them when they're in trouble. You know, like, hey, I'm in financial trouble, and you're like, hey, I'll buy your house. 
My gut on that, and maybe it's because I've done probate for so long and so I've uh, got thick skin on it, but my, I think if you're going to, I don't think any of it's predatory, but I think if you're going to think something's predatory, it would be more that than it would be somebody getting a letter and saying, hey, uh, I'm reaching out to you about the estate of you know John Doe. If there is real estate that needs to be sold, uh, I just wanted to let you know that this is what my company does. Um, you know, and that's the approach that we take with it. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've really perfected it down to a point that, you know, the, the, the angry phone calls are, are minimal. Um, but you have to expect that. And then all you can do in that moment is just try to diffuse the situation and get off the phone as soon as as possible. Don't try to justify yourself. Don't try to explain yourself. Just say, I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, we do this because there are a lot of people that find our services helpful, but I will make sure you don't get another mailer. If they keep going and going and going, I mean, I, it's, it's rare, but you know, sometimes you can just say, I'm so sorry. I'm going to let you go. I I promise you won't get another letter and then just disconnect, but don't, there's no win in continuing that conversation. Yeah. It's always better just to apologize. (laughs) You know, it's, you know, it's funny. Um, (laughs) Uh, I don't know if I should be saying this. I will anyway, since I've already said <laughs> oh, it. Oh, yes. You, you, now you must. <laughs> so uh, we send uh, – we're doing land now, land investing. Right? We're flipping vacant lots, which is really cool. Nice. And uh, so we'll send offers, blind offers, for 15 cents on the dollar. And we'll just basically go out and see what a property's worth. I mean, what similar properties are selling for. And we'll just make blind offers for similar size lots in that county just mass blind offers at 15 cents on the dollar. And we get a lot of angry calls with that. But my, my, uh, my team, my assistants uh, will just say, oh, you know what? I'm so sorry. That must have been a typo. I, I apologize. Just disregard, <laughs> just disregard that letter. My bad. Now, I must have missed a zero. Yeah. But I've got to go now. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's crazy, though. Sometimes they will, uh, they'll like we'll offer the, the, the similar lots are selling for ten thousand. We'll go in and offer fifteen hundred, and right. um, they'll they'll sometimes they'll come back and say, oh, you know what, I can't do fifteen hundred, but would you do two thousand dollars? And yeah, uh, let's see. Um, well, okay, maybe. Yeah, we'll probably do that. But it's just uh, you know, you're going to make people mad. And uh, just once yeah. recently, uh, four or five months ago. I was doing this campaign where I was sending uh, seller financing offers to free and clear properties in the specific zip code that I wanted. I, I was look, I found properties that had no mortgages, and I was just sending them full-priced offers with owner financing on terms, principal-only payments. And uh, I had one guy who's an elderly gentleman sent the letter to his son, who was an attorney, uh, on the East Coast somewhere, and the that attorney over there filed a complaint with the Missouri Attorney General saying that I was, uh, there must be some kind of scam because nobody can offer this good of a price. It had to be a predatory uh, mortgage equity skimming scam is what he called it. So it's right. just crazy. You know, you, you can't, you, you, what do you do? And, and out of that campaign, I did get a couple deals. So actually yep. one deal. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I wrote a letter back to the attorney general saying, you know, this is, we, we use title companies, we, we put that we would have put the seller in first position, but regardless, we're sorry we sent the guy a letter, and we'll take him off our mailing list, and we'll never mail him again. And we never heard anything about it since. 
Yep. But it just happens. It's just not. It's not worth arguing with people, uh, especially when they're upset. Honestly, and you know, to try to convince someone that you're not a predator, or to try to convince someone that what you're doing is perfectly legal and uh, on the up and up, you're you're uh, at best you're wasting your breath. At worst, you're going to get emotionally drawn into something that's going to drain you, yeah. and it's going to make you go, "I can't do this. I don't want to do this. Just don't do it. Just you know, just." Put a stop in it uh, as as nicely and professionally as you can, and move on. You know they say that um, if you haven't upset somebody by twelve o'clock, you're not marketing hard enough, or you're not doing enough marketing. <laughs> so the, well, and the it, more it, it, the more people. In fairness, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say the more people you hack off, the better you're doing. So pat yourself on the back. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. In, in fairness, we're talking a lot about you know ticking people off, but. The truth of the matter is, it, it, it really does not happen. I, I go entire campaigns, four-letter campaigns, uh, without ever getting angry phone calls. I go months and months without getting angry phone calls. So, you know, we're talking about a small percentage. But it's something that is important that we do discuss because, you know, with any mail marketing campaign or really any marketing campaign, if you put a bandit sign out, you're going to get angry phone calls. No, no matter what you do, it's part of what we do. You just have to, you have to work through it. Yeah. Yeah, very good. All right, so you're going to get angry calls. Deal with it. Um, you know, you got you to gotta get some thick skin. And in any business, yeah. not just real estate, this happens. Um, yeah. I mean, if you look at the angry calls we get on the direct mail that we send, just whatever direct mail, think about the angry calls that the pizza places get and the grocery stores that send things in the mail all the time. And they got to have like a million people complaining about that. But they right. still do it anyway. Uh You've been, Christina, we were talking about, before we started recording, you were talking about some tests that you've been doing with different forms of letters, different types of postage. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? It was fascinating. Yeah, right. So one of the reasons why I think our clients are so successful, and I'm going to share some really cool secrets with you, regardless of whether you go with Postal Impact or you do your own marketing or whatever, but uh, one of the things that I love about having a mail marketing company and working with uh, clients all over the nation is that uh, it's very easy for us to test things, uh, you know, because we can, uh, you know, go to all of our clients in the state of Arizona, for example, and say, okay, everybody seems to be having this particular issue. Let's do this different with that campaign, this different from that campaign, this different and see, you know, let's do this for a couple of months and see how that affects the numbers and see, you know, we have the ability to have ideas and test them relatively quickly. Um, so one of the reasons why I believe that our postal impact clients are doing so well is not just because they're getting a probate lead, which is difficult to get, um, but we are implementing some things that we have discovered through a lot of the testing that we have done. So first example, uh, for those of you who are doing mailings and or using a mailing company to do your mailings, hands down, I almost, I will use a pre-sorted stamp if someone insists on it. But usually for 20 cents more, you can use a first-class stamp. And the uh, open rate or the, or the success rate on ma uh, mail campaigns using a first-class stamp versus a pre-sorted stamp, you cannot even touch it. I mean, we have gone from people getting no calls to their phone ringing off the hook when we did something as simple as switching that stamp. Wow. Now, here's why that's important to note. There was a time when pre-sorted stamps worked just as well as first-class stamps, and that's why people went to it. It really didn't have a major effect 
one way or the other on the success rate uh, rate of the campaign. But as people have gotten more savvy and, and as people, you know, as, as they've gotten more mailers, more mailers, um, it is not necessarily the stamp itself because a pre-sorted stamp is a live stamp. And that's why it used to work just as well because people don't know what all the stamps look like. The problem with pre-sorted stamps is that pre-sorted stamps do not get a postmark on the envelope. And as you're flipping through mm. all of your mail, yeah. you've probably done this yourself. Oh, yeah. That stands out immediately, and it almost immediately looks like marketing, and it it pretty much is because uh, your average uh, your average person doesn't have access to pre-sorted stamps. Pre-sorted stamps it's a very very difficult process to get them. You have to go through this process, and then you at the end of the day, your average person doesn't even have the ability to use a pre-sorted stamp. So it's immediately identifiable as marketing. People chuck it. Uh, so we are really suggesting for all of our clients to go first-class stamps. Another thing that we are in the middle of testing, but we have some really good results back on, is very often people will use a um, a felt-tip pen to uh, to write the address uh, on their envelope, and somehow that sticks out too. And when you think about it, hmm. even when you're doing like nice invitations, like we suggest using the small invitation-style envelopes. Uh, that's another thing that we discovered in testing that's working really well right now. Uh, sometimes we'll mix the yeah, smaller small invitation style. Yep. Interesting. Uh, what size is it? It's like the, um, uh, let me look. It's the, I, I actually, my office is full of them. It's the four and three eighths by five and three quarter envelopes. Um, well, that's a normal size. size. That's a normal size invitation envelope, right? Okay. So I'm sorry. When I say small, then I guess I mean like, it's not like a regular envelope. It's yeah. like a, a greeting card. You know, envelope. it's not the, yes, it's a greeting card envelope that is working really well, but most people don't use a felt tip pen. You know, most people just use a regular pen when they're addressing it. Uh, and something that simple that triggers, uh, in, in people, uh, for those of you that are using a felt tip pen and your response rate is low, try doing something as simple as going to a ballpoint pen because sometimes that can make a difference. I know that sounds crazy, but it really does. Well, it you mentioned really a difference. you mentioned something about black envelopes with white letters. Yeah, isn't that cool? Um, that's something that we're doing now. We're testing it right now. It's uh, And it looks so cool. I wish I could show you a picture, but it's a black envelope with a white pen. Huh. And then, you know, and then a stamp. Now, on that one, we've had this discussion. I'm not sure if the stamp makes a huge difference because I don't even know how they get the postmark on that black envelope. Yeah. Um, but it looks really cool. And we're testing it with a couple of clients now uh, who've had low response rates to see if that triggers something. Because that's honestly, if I got a black envelope in the mail with all my white and oh, yellow yeah. mail, if I got that, even if I thought this is probably marketing, I would still open it up just because it's really cool. I would open it. So can you um, get a can you get a this is maybe a dumb question can you get a computer or a printer to do that kind of white ink for you? I don't know because we actually don't do any computer font. We hand address every single one of our envelopes. Okay. So I would imagine you can. Um, I can't imagine that you can't. Uh, I think you're you're going to be if, uh, your bigger difficulty is finding a printer who will get that envelope for you and 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 try it. Um, because, you know, because we control everything in house, uh, it's easy for us to go, Ooh, let's try this. You know what I mean? Uh, so we're not limited by what the printer can or can't do or does or doesn't have access to. Um, so 
uh, I'm not sure, but I, I can't imagine you can't. Well, that's certainly, I, I know that's certainly worth a shot. I'm, I'm just thinking again, is like you just said, if I were to get that, that would be the first thing I would open. Me too. Even out of sheer curiosity, you know, just like, this is a cool envelope. Let me see what's in here. Mm. So there's that. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's really neat. Um, so those are some of the things that we play with, you yeah. know, to see, uh, you know, what the open rates are going to be like for that kind of thing. Uh, and those are some of the things that you can, you know, if you're doing your own mail campaign, you could just implement that right away and see, you know, see if you get a, a, an uptick in your, in your response. I am writing this down because we use a local printing company here in um, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to test that. I'm sure we'll pay probably a little premium for it. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But, man, if that just increases open rates a little bit, it would be worth it. Yeah. The same with the white, I mean, the same with the first class stamps, right? I mean, people kind of complain like, oh, it's going to cost more money. But if it costs you an extra 100, 200 bucks on a mail campaign, to get a deal where you make ten, twenty thousand dollars, isn't that worth it? Maybe I think so. Exactly, and especially with probates, because probates, I will say, I don't know a more expensive lead out there. Probate leads are very—they're uh, expensive because you have to. Uh, more often than not, we're physically sending someone into the courthouse. Like we have to get a body into the courthouse to research the lead for you and gather it for you. Mm. So this is not an inexpensive lead, honestly, to market to. Sure. And in my opinion, once you're spending that much money on a lead. Well, that's another twenty cents to, to to get the most out of it. You might as well make the most of it. Uh, you know, I understand when you're buying a a, a really uh, watered down list, and by watered down, I mean a list that you recognize the fact that there's a ton of people marketing to this, and you're just, you know, I have clients who send out fifty thousand mailers at a time. Um, I understand in that instance where you might go, you know what, I, I'm just going to go postcard, or I'm just going to go, you know, cheap because I, I, it's, it's about volume versus, you know, quality. Uh, so there's, you know, there's a, there's reasoning behind that, you know, but if you're, you know, mailing out, you know, a thousand or less pieces, man, I think it's well worth the extra 20 cents. And like you said, if you get a deal from it, you just paid for that for, you know, you just paid oh, yeah. for your first class stamps on all of your mailers for a year. It, it blows me away because people will, without hesitation, for the generally speaking, will sign up for a thousand dollar course or pay $50,000 to some coaching guru, uh, but we'll, we'll freak out about spending a few extra hundred dollars on a marketing campaign. Yep. There's a guy... To me, once you're making that investment, yeah. do it. You know, I mean, go do full, it. Go for forward, yeah. yeah. All right, so um, what other tests have you been doing? Uh, all right, so uh, with probates in particular, uh, one of the things that we have done, uh, I have always had a delay uh, between the, um, you know, the open date of the estate and the date that you're actually marketing to it. The, the purpose of that delay, and, and it's a perfectly uh, uh, logical, uh, and in most cases, a reasonable thing to do is to delay it a little bit, because if you market to that lead too soon, uh, then they're still in the process of having to go through probate, right? Um, so you're really kind of contacting them before they're really able legally right. to do anything because the right. judge hasn't signed off on it. They haven't met all their requirements. However, what we have found, because it's such a competitive market right now, uh, there are certain states where we actually recommend and go in even more quickly, and we market to them more quickly. Um, 
I actually don't. I still delay mine because it works for me. And there are plenty of states where that works. But in super competitive markets, we'll accelerate the mailing. Um, the other thing for, those, for you mail marketers out there is uh, what I'll, I'll just make this general sweeping statement in terms of testing. I cannot overstate to you the importance of a multi-mail campaign and the huge marketers that I work with. I mean, these guys, some of oh, these yeah. guys are, they blow my mind what they spend every month on their marketing. Uh, so I get to talk to people who are doing this and, and are wildly successful at it. One of the things that I always hear is you have to be consistent. You have to do multiple mailers and they have to be They can't be haphazard. So, so uh, Christina, Christina, yeah, I lost you for a second there. Um, rewind oh. about like 10, 15 seconds. Okay. Uh, what I was saying is that the huge investors that I work with yeah, and, yeah. and the newer investors that I work with all say the same thing, which is, You've got to be methodical. You've got to be consistent with your mailing, and you have to do multiple mailers, especially with probates. The multi-mail is really important because you need to hit people at different points in the probate process. So, uh, and, and really with any, right? If, if you're going high equity, if you're going whatever, you want to hit them at different pain points of their lives. You know, they might not be interested right now. But four weeks from now, something could have happened that really motivates them to sell this house because it solves a major issue that has come up for them. So uh, with all of the people that I work with, the consistent message is whether you are having someone else do it for you or you are doing it yourself, you have got to come up with a mail marketing plan that you can execute religiously, consistently, methodically every single day of the year. So what most people do, you know, every we, we were talking earlier in the call about momentum and waves and how things happen in waves. And I think that, that there's, there's credibility to that. But I think usually the reason why investors experience high levels of success and then nothing, and then, oh my gosh, I have three deals and then I have no deals. I think that's normally attributed, attributed to the fact that most real estate investors, and this is going to speak to all of you out there, they'll push, push, push their mail marketing. They'll get a couple of deals. Then they drop their mail marketing campaign off because they're focused on the deal. They're focused on doing this. They're focused mm -hmm. on doing that. Yeah. Then when they start to get to the end of the rehab, they're like, holy crap, I need another deal. So then they go, let me, let me do this again. When you do that, you lose the benefit and you entirely lose the benefit of momentum. You get no momentum. So you're, it's, it's just luck of the draw. Every single time when you lose your momentum and then you start up again, you're losing, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're losing the benefit of momentum. When my clients go on vacation and they say, hey, I want to put my campaign on hold. I'm going to Cabo for two weeks. I say, no, nope. Right. Figure out how to get those calls in. Let them go to voicemail. Figure it out. But we cannot stop your campaign because then you will lose everything that you've worked so hard to, to maintain. So you need to mail each lead multiple times spaced out a certain amount of time. I like to space it out six weeks because then you're hitting people at different times of the month. Like if you do it four weeks, you're always hitting them at the same time every month. And I like to hit people at different times of the month because, you know, they might be more stressed on the 15th because of the bills they have to pay at the, on the first. 
there's obviously all kinds of logic that go into that. But whatever it is that you pick, five weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, pick it and do it. Don't, you know, within a day or two, make sure those mailers are going out when you say that you want them to go out. Man, I we did some done-for-you marketing for coaching clients for a couple of years at one time. And uh, one of the main reasons why we stopped doing it is for that same exact reason. We had so many people just say, hey, I'm going to be gone for a week or I've got too many leads. Please stop the marketing. And my team would do it. We would l- listen to their requests and we would put the marketing on hold. Or um, it was such an administrative nightmare trying to remember who yeah. was stopped when and where and communicating with the mail house. Um, I, I wish we would have just told them no. <laughs> and looking yeah. back, definitely if we ever did that again, we would just tell people no. It's, it's yeah. number one, it's a stupid idea. And uh, number two, <laughs> we don't, we're not going to do it. So. <laughs> and number three, no. Yes. <laughs> and, and it's for your benefit. Yeah, you know, right. I, I say that. I mean, yes, there's an administrative part of it that uh, I, I suppose is, is, is helpful. But the truth of the matter is when you become my client and anytime you do that, I desperately want you to succeed because I want you to be my client five years from now. So I'm not going to do something that I know is going to sabotage all of your success. Uh, I'm going to say, no, no, listen, trust me. I know what I'm doing. Uh, I, I do this for a living. Just hear me out here. If you lose a deal, if you're afraid you're going to lose a deal, whatever, you know, and it, 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 you'll, you'll get another one because you've maintained your momentum. Right, right. Good. Um, so probates are still working well for you. Uh, not only are they working well, and uh, for those of you who know my story, uh, I have been an investor since 1999. Yeah. I've probably marketed to any kind of lead you can possibly imagine. I, I don't think there's anything I haven't done. But I would say for the past six, seven years, maybe even coming up on eight years, I'd have to count it out. I have exclusively marketed to probate. Uh, it is my go-to lead. Uh, so I have not only experienced consistent results myself, but for whatever the reason right now, we're crushing it. Probates are crushing it. Uh, and, and again, so, some of that is stuff I just don't know why. I, I don't know if it's the time of year, people are ready. I, I don't know. Um, but there is a wave right now going uh, of probate. The thing with probate, and I, and I do want to make this point, it's why I love the lead so much, but it can be very discouraging. Number one, with probate, you're not going to be marketing to 8,000 leads. There's not that many available. It just depends on which counties that you want to market to and how many deaths on average happen in that county based on the population of that county. So uh, you, your, your, your phone is not going to ring as much, A, because you're mailing a smaller amount, and B, because it doesn't. However, and this is what I love about probate, it's why I like it. Uh, my phone doesn't ring as much, but you know, before, if you're doing, let's say, uh, delinquents, right? You're going to talk to 20, 30 people before you get a deal. And, and a lot of that just has to do simply with the fact that you can't help everybody. And the vast majority of the people that call you on delinquents uh, you know, are going to have a circumstance that doesn't allow them to accept your offer price. Uh, with probates, you know, you're going to talk to, if you're a good closer, you've got to be good on the phone. But if you're a good closer, you know, you're, you're going to get a deal every two, three, no more than five people that you talk to. So you're talking to less people, which I like. You know, I have my experience. I think there's something to be said for 
being on the phone as much as you can when you're newer and you're right. cutting your teeth and you're learning that yeah. there's something to be said for that process. But once you have that down, shoot, I would way rather talk to less people. And the deals, if you think about probate, it makes sense. The deals by far are the most, generally speaking, probates are more lucrative than any other lead out there. Um, because usually these people, A, uh, have a lot of equity, uh, you know, if not completely paid off. The deal I just closed this past Monday, you know, there's no debt whatsoever. It was just the house was paid off and it was handed down and there was no debt, no mortgage company to deal with. Uh, so those people also, the, the heir is not generally in a financially difficult situation. It, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, they've kind of hit something of a, of a windfall. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to sound disrespectful, but, um, you know, they, their pain point is not necessarily money. Their pain point is the emotion of it and just wanting to be done with the process. So there's usually a lot more negotiating room with probate deals. Um, you know, and I, I have clients who've been in the six figures, uh, like in the recent past have, uh, had deals that are, you know, six figure deals, right? uh, just because there's a lot of, there tends to be a lot more room in probates than there do in any other type of, well, that's, that's exactly why I wanted you on this podcast, Christina, and we only have a few more minutes here. Can you talk briefly about what this book, if people go to realestateinvestingmastery.com slash probates, can you talk about what that book talks about? And then can you mention about what your service does again? Yeah, you bet. So because I adore Joe, uh, I give my book, uh, I did it on the last time and we're doing it this time again. I give my book, which is uh, sold usually on my website, uh, postalimpact.com. I give my book to Joe's listeners. Uh, And the book goes start to finish. It kind of describes exactly what a probate lead is. Uh, it actually tells you how to go get those probate leads yourself. Uh, so if you decide you want to go into the courthouse yourself and gather the lead, uh, in some instances, it's a lot less frequent. In some instances, you can get them online. I actually walk you through exactly how to get the lead. I give you uh, a whole host of suggestions for how to market to that lead, how to talk to these particular types of clients. So it really is kind of like a start to finish overview of what a probate lead is and how to market to it. Uh, and it's a super easy read. It's not a long book, uh, but uh, that's free to uh, Joe's listeners. Postal Impact, my company, takes that a step further. Uh, and we actually do the all, you know, what I outline in the book that needs to be done in order to gather and market to the probate lead, we take care of that for you. Uh, start to finish. So like I said, most of the time with our clients, we spend a little bit of time with them on the front end, just getting everything approved. And and then we handle that entire campaign for them. They never even touch the mail. They never see it. The only thing they see are the returns, you know, if they get any kind of return or, you know, whatever. Uh, And we also manage their campaign for them. So, you know, when they get calls, when they get deals, uh, we have a system uh, that they can report their data back to us. And we literally sit around in a room with our clients, all, all of our clients' information, and we determine who's working really well. And, okay, you know, this guy is killing it. What is he doing with his, what are we doing with his campaign that we might be able to suggest to all of our other clients? Or is somebody struggling? You don't have to be the one to say, hey, I'm struggling. If you're reporting your data to us, we will be at some point in that month sitting around discussing your campaign 
our company is more like a white glove Cadillac kind of service for real estate investors. I mean, you know, we're we're here to be the machine behind you so that all you're doing is answering the phone. Um, so we're not for everybody. There's no doubt about it. We're not for everybody. Uh, our clients tend to be, you know, more experienced, super, at the very least, very serious investors, you know, people who know that it's worth, their, you know, what their time is worth and know that it's better to just let somebody else handle that piece of it because that's where most investors get tripped up is on the consistency of the marketing. Yeah, very good. And just so we're clear, too, um, you will, if you can't get probate data online, you will actually send somebody to the courthouse to get it for them, right? Oh, yes. No, yeah. We've got boots on the ground in uh, I, uh, probably just about every state of yeah. uh, every state. And your, your and, markets and we, are exclusive, right? So it's first come, first serve? It, it is first come, first serve. We, market to, we sell leads to no more than two investors in each county. Okay. So once we hit two investors, we don't sell to anyone else. If you are the first investor in any given county, we do give you the option uh, to buy exclusivity. And it's not double. You're not paying double the price. Uh, I think it's a couple dollars more per lead in order for you to purchase exclusivity and then lock yourself in as the only investor we work with in that particular county. Right. Good, good. But no more than two, regardless. Yeah. So the uh, best place to go? realestateinvestingmastery.com slash probates, realestateinvestingmastery.com slash probates. And that's to get the book. To contact you and your company, just go to postalimpact.com, postalimpact.com. And to get the show notes, go to our website, realestateinvestingmastery.com. This has been really good. It's been helpful. I love the idea of testing different envelopes. And the first-class postage, I think, is important for people to really pay attention to. Uh, don't worry yep. about making people mad. Just do it. And the repeated marketing over and over and over again. That's what you're seeing your most successful students. There you go. Just do it and repeat it. I love it. Over and over and over again. And uh, you have one of the best letters, systems and letters in the that I've ever seen for the probate stuff. You've been doing it for years. Nobody that I know of is more experienced and professional with your probate marketing than you and Postal Impact. So, that's awesome, Christina. Congratulations. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, Christina. Appreciate it, guys. Go check out Christina's website, postalimpact.com. Get her book at realestateinvestingmastery.com slash probates. And we'll see you later. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye-bye.